I'm Grant Berry. Welcome to the Romans 911 podcast. We're stepping into the reconnection in the one new man, into John 17, love and unity is becoming a reality. Beloved, today I want to focus and introduce to you the Romans 911 webinar. There are three focuses to the Romans 911 Project media plan. The first is actually the webinar, which we're going to listen to today. The second is this podcast that we're on, Romans 911 Podcast. And then our third and final focus for the media plan is the Romans 911 Talks. And these are interviews with various messianic and gentile leaders that are moving into the reconnection message as well as to interview other leaders to enter into dialogue and discussion to really bring this message to the threshold of the church that is now our mission in these next few years that the church the greater church at large would have the opportunity not just to hear the message but also to understand and embrace the significance of the reconnection message during these days. And as we know, it's like a golden key that opens the door to the Father's end time plans, but it only comes by spiritual revelation. And indeed, it has been hidden during the church age and is really only just now coming to light in its fullness as we come into the unveiling of this mystery that Paul challenged us not to be ignorant about as we come into the fullness of the Gentiles and Israel's salvation. Our approach to the Romans 911 Project webinar is to basically have almost like a, a virtual Bible study, a format where believers can come in over Zoom from different nations and we can come together in love and unity and really begin to dialogue. And the way we've set up the webinar focus is we've worked with, for a couple of years before we even launched the media program, many different leaders and watchmen that have gone deeper already into this reconnection message. And we've invited them to be panelists with us. And so what we do is I host the uh, webinar and I have one topic that I bring to light to give a brief description. And then I open it up for the panelists to dialogue and share. And then for the other half of the webinar, we're totally open to you, the beloved, with any questions, concerns, and you can feel free to enter into dialogue with us on these issues. And I tell you, there's a very necessary part of this restoration, which requires us coming together and talking things through without any negative emotions, but in a, a positive dialogue that we can begin to really unpack and expose the way the evil one has fostered separation between us 
in these days and in these next few years, I believe we're going to see the Father release a greater measure of His love through us that will enable us to melt away the obstacles and work through our differences. So we're very pleased to introduce to you several recordings over the next few weeks that we're going to be listening to from our webinar podcasts. And if you'd like to join us, we meet the first Thursday of each month. You can go onto the Romans 911 website, romans911.org, and sign up there. And when you sign up, we will send you a free copy of the Romans 911 second edition. Beloved, blessings to you and, and enjoy this podcast. Lots of love. Well, everyone, welcome to the Romans 911 project webinar. Where stepping into the reconnection in the one new man is becoming a reality. You know, we just came from the one new man intersection. And by the way, we do meet in the global family prayer room for an hour of prayer before, before the webinar. And it is just a wonderful night in the spirit, both to enter into a deeper place of prayer and intercession, and then for us to enter a place of the dialogue. And, you know, our topic tonight is about John 17, love and unity. And one thing I just want to emphasize, especially, you know, I felt like the Lord kind of prodded me tonight to, to tell that joke because, you know, humor kind of breaks up the ice. And the Lord wants us to, you know, to really develop just a beautiful atmosphere of actually living out John 17, where we can come together as a family. We may not agree on everything, but we can come together and we can, it's a great Yiddish word, kibitz. We can yak, we can talk, we can talk about godly things. We can talk about the word, our opinions. And I just want to just emphasize and just promote the, this the, that aspect of, and, and I want us to be comfortable and to, you know, to begin to ask questions, you know, things are going to go through your mind. And I want you to be, we want you to be comfortable with, uh, so that you can speak your heart. No one's going to judge you here. No one's going to be criticize you. We, we are here, all here to learn and uh, to enter a, an equipping and, and a preparation and for our minds and our hearts to be renewed. So the Lord bless you with the fullness of his love, for the fullness of the Father's heart. Hallelujah. I want you to know that you, um, all of these recordings and the One You Man prayer recordings will, can be found on the website. So you can, you can go and capture the first uh, meeting where we spoke about the reconnection mandate focus. Tonight, we're going to begin uh, to open the Romans 911 second edition book. And this is where we're gonna live through these webinars. I'm praying and we're, we're basically going from the beginning of the book, uh, highlighting things um, as we go along that are relevant to deeper places of, of uh, discussion and dialogue and coming into a, a greater understanding. And a couple of things about the book that I wanna point out before I, before I raise the issues and, and give it over to the panelists to share some of their thoughts and opinions. But the Romans 911 book, there are a couple of things in the second edition you should know that are very helpful. Beloved, this is a 500-page book. 
It is not meant to be read in two or three days. Only people like Dan Juster can do that. It is meant to be a study book. And so at the beginning, there's a prophetic picture of after the coronavirus, which kind of sets up the, the position, the, the, the place and the timing for this message to come forth. After that, after, after that piece, there, there is a, a section called chapter outline and background. And I want to encourage you to read this because it will help you really gain an understanding. This is really like four books in one. The Lord said to me it needed to be one book because it's one message from beginning to end, but it's divided into four separate parts. And the chapter outlines define, give you a good summary of, summary of each of the sections and then each of the chapters. I don't have time to go into that tonight, but I want to encourage you to read that when you get, when you get your books. You can go online and buy the books on, on the website and get a sense of the entire book. And once uh, it, it will help you begin to, when you're studying a particular topic or subject, it will help you zone in on where in the book you can find it. And then there's also a good section on wording and terminology and the different words and terms we use in this restoration in The One You Man. Our topic tonight uh, is actually from the very first chapter called The Purpose. And it is actually really a, a long, long introduction. It kind of sets up the whole book. But our topic tonight is, I, I want to make clear that our main goal is not the restoration in the one you met. Our main goal is the fulfillment of Yeshua's heart cry in John 17. Our main goal is for the Lord's family to be restored so that he could send the fullness of glory upon his ecclesia. That is our goal. But we believe that this reconnection message is absolutely fundamental to open up that door and that pathway. And so while we may focus a lot more on the restoration in the one you man, our goal and aim is to move the door, the move the body into the end time reforms. It starts with a personal restoration in our hearts and our minds. And then there's a corporate transformation that comes about a new wineskin that the Lord is calling his body into the reestablishment of the fivefold, releasing the body uh, into the into the works and the fruits of the ministry. Uh, the prayer movement and the church coming together in love and unity and beginning to take back regionally their communities for the kingdom of God. Our focus tonight is really on pages one and two, which we and 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 we will, uh, as a habit now, we we the week before the end of the month we will send out so that you'll have a week to you know, prepare and, and, and to prepare your spirits. We're really focusing on page one and two. We're focusing on what the main goal of the reconnection is through John 17, love and unity. And there are a couple of questions that I wanna give over to our panelists to begin to engage in conversation tonight. And that is, why is this reconnection so essential to us now that Israel is awakening? And 
why is unity in the one you man foundational to John 17 love and unity because that's not really understood in the wider ecclesia up to this point and we need to enter into a deeper understanding to be able to communicate the significance of this message so that the wider church can begin to enter into it and begin to move along this pathway of restoration that is going to restore love and unity in the father's family and begin to equip us and empower us to tear down other divisions that exist in the church so at this point i want to um just give this topic over to our panelists and let's talk about the significance what 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 is the main goal of the reconnection and and why is it essential and why is it foundational hallelujah i was as you were sharing um about john 17 and, and asking why it's so important you know, I was thinking about those, those, those three words in, in verse 24 where Jesus says, Father, I desire. And I think it, this is so critical because this is the very desire of Yeshua. And the goal of, I mean, Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with the Messiah of Israel and the light to the Gentiles. And so Yeshua unites the Jewish world and the Gentile world together in himself. And this is a very core desire is that we would be one with him where he is, where he's with the father. He wants us to be uh, connected in that reality. And so we're going after his desire. That's my point. It is, this isn't a Jewish desire. It's not a Gentile desire. Although we're invited into this, this is his desire. And when we fall in love with him, we love what he loves. And it makes me think of the story. Um, the second part of this was, you know, King David, says one time to his mighty men, he says, I just wish I could have this drink from the well in Bethlehem. And three of his men risk their own lives to go and get that water for their king. And they, they go across the enemy's lines like a special forces recon trip and they get that water and they bring it back to David just because he said he wanted it, he desired it. And then he just pours out the water and he says, I'm not going to even drink this. This is my, these guys risk their lives for this water. And so I think there's a picture there for us of, you know, risking reputation, risking comfort, um, risking our lives if necessary to go after what our king desires um, and to, to, to go into enemy territory and take back his inheritance, you know, <laughs> David, David's rightful inheritance, as was, is Judah and all of Israel, and J Jesus is the son of David. And this, this idea of every nation being brought under his feet for his lordship, this is his inheritance we're going after, and that's my, my point. But I think that's, for, for me at least, that's the why, because this is Jesus' why. This is in his heart. This is something he desires um, very much, and I believe the Father's going to answer that prayer. I'll just... I'll add to that. <clears throat> the reason this message is so important is because it's about the gospel of the kingdom. And I think that the church is often focused on the gospel of salvation, which is extremely important. We know that. And there's, in fact, without that understanding of personal salvation, we don't even come into the kingdom. 
So there, there's a starting point with, with salvation, of course, and it is personal. And that's the beauty of this relationship we have with Jesus is it's both personal, but it's also corporate. <clears throat> but Jesus didn't preach the gospel of salvation as much as he preached the gospel of the kingdom. And the problem that I think we have as the church is that we have not really grasped the concept of the kingdom. And Jed, you just talked about this, that, you know, this, the, the psalmist says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance. Jesus isn't just claiming Israel as his inheritance. He's claiming the entire creation as his inheritance. Uh, the seventh angel blows his trumpet and it says, and now the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord. So we need to begin to see that this is about the kingdom and the kingdom includes every kingdom within the kingdom, every nation, every Gentile nation, including Israel, which is a nation, the nation that God has chosen at the center and heart of his kingdom, but it's, he's bringing all of these nations together into this kingdom relationship, ultimately with, with the Jewish people. So he's preparing our hearts for the kingdom. He's preparing us for eternity. And, and it's imperative, I think, that the church understands what we are inheriting in Christ and the responsibilities that, that we will have to steward the kingdom, to rule and reign with Christ as kings and priests over the creation, over the nations of the earth. And, and we get to learn that now. And in fact, I think even more than learn, I believe that, that the responsibility that we take and that we nurture on this side of eternity is gonna be in proportional reward to, to what we will receive as a promise uh, of an inheritance when Jesus actually comes back. And, and he says to those who he has deemed worthy, he will grant to share his throne with them. In other words, there is, a, there is a piece of the kingdom that he is going to delegate authority to each, each of us as we have been deemed and found worthy uh, right now, this side of eternity. And so it's about our inheritance. It's about the eternal responsibility that we will have to steward the kingdom with Christ and to rule and reign with him over the kingdoms of the earth. And so it's an extremely important message for the church to understand. And uh, frankly, I, you know, my concern is that many will not um, understand and they will miss the reward that Jesus actually has for them to steward his kingdom with them. Yeah, I was just um, you know, thinking about what Eric was saying about gospel. I wonder if I could share something that happened to me yesterday, a conversation that I had. Um, I have, our church has a, a farmer's market meets at our church's property and I have a prayer tent there. And a woman came up to me and she said that um, she was Jewish and uh, when she was in high school, she was invited to a gospel, some sort of a gospel get together with a friend. And she said, well, all right, I will go as long as there's no religion. Got there and found out, well, guess what? Yeah, there was a lot of scripture. And then she said the people there, um, when they realized that she was Jewish, they were trying to convert her. And that was the word she used, convert. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. That was what was happening. Um, you know, Jesus is your guy. He's Yeshua. He's your guy. He came for, for your people. We believe he's the Jewish Messiah. And you don't need to be become this other person. You don't need to become a Gentile. 
um, you're, you can be a Jewish believer, but you don't stop being Jewish. And she said, I never heard this before. I never, ever heard this before. And so I said, well, this was the message. And it reminded me of the same conversation I had on Saturday, Saturday with two other uh, Jewish friends, the same thing. And they said, well, I never heard this before. And so I'm just thinking this this gospel message is such a beautiful message. And the church, we have not, well, first of all, I asked them both for forgiveness, for just presenting this sort of the wrong way that you have to turn into this other person, that you can still be Jewish. And and um, and they were all they were so they were illuminated. So basically, I want to thank you, Grant, for this book. Um, you know, for my eyes becoming open to this reality. And I just feel like this is the message of, it's a message of love. And it is the key message of bringing people back together. And I'm just praying now. Um, well, I also have this little uh, booklet, Dan Juster, Jewishness and Jesus. It's a simple little thing, um, but profound. And so I gave it to this woman at the farmer's market and also to my two friends, but Grant, it's this is the message, um, and yes, hopefully they'll all come back together. We'll all come back together again, and be a family the way we're supposed to be. You know, um, in the book, I speak about this message being a golden key that opens the door to the end time glory. And why is it, do you think, that the that the church at large? while it it has a desire for unity doesn't fully grasp that we've lost power we've lost we've been stripped of things of the of the power of the kingdom because of the division that is in the family of god why let's just talk about that at the moment because i i don't think the church fully recognizes yet the significance of us of the father the father wants this mended he wants this fixed it, and we don't yet recognize and i'm i'm generalizing here i'm not talking about uh, us individually but i'm i'm saying church at large we don't yet recognize there's a pathway to this restoration that the f- will lead us to the fullness of glory, but that the division and separation is holding us back. But the church doesn't understand if it did, if it really grasped that we need to fix this first, it would run to it, wouldn't it? Um, I think one of those one of those pieces that that um is, is central in all in all of this is that this breaking be, really between um, the Jews and the Gentiles is is the first break that that we see in in the community in the Messianic community um, after um, Yeshua has kind of established it. You, you see this break, and after that, the church has continued to fragment and break. Uh, Continually, we, we we do a really good job of division, and not a really good job of um, of coming together. And this is this is the first kind of this is the core, this is the center, this is the epicenter of it. And if we can come, if, if the church can begin to realize that need and begin to go back, and and when we do, 
when I do sort of inner healing ministry with people, we're looking we're looking to for the Lord to take us back to to where it begins and begin the healing there, so that healing can flow into everything. Um, when you do the same with the generations, you're going back into the into the generations, so that 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 healing can take place in in the generations, so it can flow out and flow into and move forward. And and we we're seeing the same thing here. Um, and there's there's I think there's a bit of a blind there. Well, I think there's definitely a blindness in the church that the enemy is working on um, and has has worked on for a long time to keep us from really seeing this reality. And as people begin to have their eyes open, and we, we, we were praying about that um, in the One New Man intersection, right? We were praying that eyes would be open and that we would receive the salve that, that Jesus has for the body so that we can see. Um, and I, I think as we begin to, to get that and begin to understand and as God's revelation works upon us, eyes will be opened and we'll, we'll move into that place of being able to address these issues more and more. But that takes prayer. Yeah. Yeah. It takes, um, it takes a lot more. There's, there's three theological words that all work together. There's inspiration, revelation, and illumination. The, the whole word of God is, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And Paul reveals in this inspired word mysteries. He says, I share with you this mystery. He shared with us that Christ was a mystery now revealed. He shared uh, that um, God bringing the Gentiles into this kingdom relationship with Israel was a mystery, but is now revealed in Christ. So we have the inspired word of God. We have the revelation that God has brought forth, the revelation of things that were hidden and could not be known to man. Yeah, yeah. But there's one final piece, and it has. it's called illumination. And Paul's eyes were blind. We know that his eyes were blind. His heart was blind. Right. And God, you know, of course, covered his eyes with scales to show that he was blind prophetically covered his eyes and the Gentiles are, are blind and Paul says it he makes it very clear he says do not be wise in your own opinion in other words because of your because of your pride thinking that you understand this mystery about Israel that you've come to this conclusion that you have it you have got all figured out You've got all of his plans figured out about what he's going to do both with Israel and the Gentiles and the nations and bringing us all together. And because of your own oh, yeah. Um, yeah. pride, basically your own wisdom and your own human knowledge, you blinded yourself to the, to the revelation that is in the Word of God, the inspired Word. And so there's the, the blindness comes from arrogance and from pride. And so the first thing that has to be lifted God doesn't just zap people with illumination. He looks for us to humble ourselves yeah. so that we would come to him and say, okay, I don't get this, Lord. I mean, I, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard stories of people that have said to me, I didn't get this Israel piece. And one day I just asked God, I said, you're just going to have to show this to me. In other words, you're going to have to illuminate me to, to the truth of your word because I don't get the Israel piece. And then God showed up. 
and opened their eyes and opened their heart and opened their minds. And they went through a complete transformation of their understanding of scripture. But until they humbled themselves and allowed God to illuminate their minds to the revealed truth, his truth, they'll just walk around in their own blindness, which is brought on by their own um, pride and arrogance. Yeah, if you go, uh, if you go to chapter two in the Romans 901 book, we go into detail to explain how the blindness and the confusion come about as a result of the church moving into the wrong, the opposite direction of the edicts that it was actually given to love Israel, draw them to jealousy and not to be arrogant, thinking that they had replaced them. And so in a sense, well, one of the things that the Romans 911 teachings do is they unpack to us how this, this blindness came about as a, in, in light of a, a measure of judgment. Remember, Yeshua gave us a universal principle of the judgment. The measure you use, it's measured against you. And to a certain extent, you can look at the church and you could say that the church has received a measure of Israel's blindness when it looks back to Israel. And that's why there's so much confusion that needs to get removed so that we can begin to see the way the Father wants us to see. And again, but I, I just want to go back to what Martin was talking about, because I, I think we need to get a clear understanding of going back to the beginning. That's what Martin focused on. The first breach in the ecclesia, in the church, was not with, it was not with the Eastern Orthodox in the 11th century. It was when the church broke away from its Jewish connection, its roots and its heritage. And that's what the Lord is looking to restore. And if you ask me, when we look at it, look at it, if you look at it from this perspective, how did the enemy get division into the family? Well, the division had to start somewhere. And it was this beautiful one new man Jew and Gentile in the first century that the uh, changed the world. Rome couldn't contend, so it merged. And th there's a real understanding for a, a need for us to understand that uh, that part of the judgment that is now coming is to uh, is to awaken the church is to begin to prepare us and restore the church remember judgment begins in the house but let's also remember that mercy triumphs over judgment and it's interesting if you look at romans the the end of paul's dissertation on israel and the church is with this scripture i have given all of you over to disobedience and i'll paraphrase when it comes to this restoration in the one new man that I may have mercy on you all. And then you look at Romans 12 and it says in light of this mercy, the mercy, the disobedience, the mercy connected to the disobedience, we need to enter into a renewing. So beloved, it starts with us. Could some of our panelists talk to that? And then uh, Susan, let's give over to you uh, I know you've been speaking to um, 
to, to some of the uh, watchmen in, in the chat. And we just want to open up your questions or comments in this discussion. I, I think you're starting with, I mean, obviously, if we go back to the fall, we have our separation from God. Um, no matter what group we've create, we also create this sense of hierarchy that comes with it. And it doesn't matter whether you look at Messianic congregations or if you even look at some subgroup. What if you go to all the Reformed Jewish congregations and they say, oh, they all believe the same thing? Baloney. I mean, I, I've been in a, a num enough different denominations. I've, I've been at Vineyard and Assemblies of God and Presbyterian and so on. And, and it's not like very many churches believe the same thing as even the other churches in their denomination. There's a lot of division, even within the subgroupings. And I, and I think it's because, and I remember what Daniel Juster uh, wrote when we did Awakening One New Man, he talked about the competition amongst denominations, as if each of us have a better gospel than the other denominations. And we all have the same gospel that we're quoting from, but we're acting as if we have a better gospel than the other denominations. And I believe what happens is it causes us to try to gain a sense of our identity from our denomination instead of from the Lord. And when you ask somebody, you know, what, what they believe, they'll tell you, oh, I go to a Presbyterian church, or I go to an Assemblies of God church, and, and all of these different identities are quoted so that people can gain some understanding about what our belief system is. And none of these are even mentioned in Scripture. And so we're seeking identity, and I even think that, that the real if you really want to see identity get out of hand, go to social media where you're allowed to create an identity for yourself. It doesn't even have to be real. You can go out and create this and look at what people are doing to try to get a sense of importance and value by creating this persona and by giving people, here's my, my picture at dinner last night, or here's the picture of, of the event that I went to because I feel that people are starving for this identity and 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 because they haven't turned to the lord um or or because they have a, a strong personality in a pastor whatever it is you know i go to pastor joe's church i go to pastor harry's church you know so that we're 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 seeking this sense of belonging and we're losing track of the fact that we are truly a family and that when Yeshua is talking about the one new man, he's doing it in the context that we all have the same father. So I go back to some of the stuff that Eric was talking about. You know, th this, is your, this is your fundamental identity is we all come from the same father and that we are therefore all of the same family. And so that's just my, my response to it is I, I think that that's where we wrestle because my identity is how I make my decisions about what's important to me. And I act upon that. Thank you. Amen. So my question was um, the role of truth in, in this whole unity thing. And I, and I think that part of what 
the one new man restoration can bring is is a restoration of a truth. Um, my thought, I was in a meeting of Christian leaders and this guy was giving his presentation on the prophetic meaning of where we are today. And he just made these declarations like these are facts, these are facts. Then he started getting into some nebulous areas like, well, there's this replacement theology, but I want to talk about that because some of you may want to may believe that. And so the idea was somehow we can have unity while just kind of schmoozing over this truth. We, we don't want to talk about uh, replacement theology, whether it's true or false. Uh, we want to have unity so we won't even discuss it. So I guess, Mike, there, I, I, I one time said to somebody, you know, she said, I don't want to divide the, the, the body with my with this. I said, well, truth doesn't divide. And, yeah, that's, and a that's, friend of uh, mine said, well, truth divides from falsehood. So there's a truth. And how do we get to a truth that brings us to unity or even a church that's interested in truth? So I want to give this over to the panelists to respond to that, but I, I will say this. Truth has come above love. Love needs to be balanced in truth. We can't compromise the Word of God. We, we, we must uphold the Word of God, but what many of us have done in the church is, is we've put truth before love and it is in it, it it's prevented us from fulfilling the lord's greatest commandment remember he only gave one new commandment that we're to love one another uh but we must always hold to god's word any panelists want to comment yeah i i agree uh grant with what you just what you just said i th actually paul i think gives us a pretty good example of how we're supposed to respond on this issue first of all uh, I'm going to say that these are not salvation issues. In other words, if somebody holds a replacement theology, if somebody has uh, a misconception about God's promises for Israel and, and all of these things, it's not a salvation issue. <clears throat> salvation is not predicated on their understanding of what God is going to do with Israel. They may have a difficult time, you know, overseeing the kingdom, but that's a different issue. So um, if it's not a salvation issue, then there's a lot of stuff that we can come at people with love, like you just said, Grant. And, and the, the example that Paul gave us was he said, if you have a weaker brother, in other words, if you have somebody who is, doesn't understand something in the Bible, um, maybe they have some pride issues, maybe they're not illuminated on a certain subject. Rather than pounding them over the head with truth and trying to beat them into submission of what the truth is or what you believe the truth is, it, come alongside them and, and lovingly encourage them, help them understand if they're willing to listen and take the time to, to talk to them. And uh, these are just my life principles because uh, you know it's hard sometimes for me to be patient with people that I find are just ignorant, just to be honest. I mean. But, you know, the Lord is saying, oh, Eric, just be gentle, be loving, be kind, you know, and come alongside them. And if if you are the stronger brother, you have an understanding of things that they don't, uh, don't look down on them. 
uh, in fact, we actually have the greater responsibility. The stronger brother has the greater responsibility to lift up the weaker brother or sister and not to crush them with whatever we think we have in terms of knowledge and truth. And so that, that's just my, you know, my quick two cents on it. Um, in time, everybody's going to know the truth. I mean, the Bible says those who err in spirit will be corrected. And so it's just a matter of time before everybody is going to get the truth. Uh, We just have to be patient and lovingly, you know, help people along the way. Amen. Um, Maverine, you had a question. So I hear consistent themes about the loss of identity and brokenness in God's family and our resisting each other for pride and all of it. Um, the Lord keeps pointing me back to father issues and in part because of my journey to recognizing and loving Israel and having to deal with personal father issues that were affecting my theology. Um, So my question is, what might be done about this root of the orphan spirit that seems to be pervasive in both the messianic body of believers and the Gentile body of believers so that we might heal this at the root and know how to step into this relationship? That's a great question. Excellent question. Who would like to respond? I'll I'll, uh, offer a few thoughts, although it's a vast topic. I appreciate her heart. Um, And I think that you put your finger right on a core issue in the church. Um, And in essence, what do we do? is the question, you know, we have an orphan spirit. There's a a tremendous, we've already touched on uh, issues with identity. And when we talk about replacement theology, at at the core of it is jealousy. And we're going, Gentiles are coming in and saying, the promises for Israel are actually mine. And there's a dispossessing, uh, which, you know, that goes back to Cain and Abel, right? I mean, one brother uh, taking from another brother, Uh, out of a jealous spirit, and you can follow that line all the way through the scriptures. Every empire has tried that has come to power tries to dispossess the Jewish people. Why? Because as Jesus said, you know, you show who your father is, it's a father of lies. You know, there's two fathers. There's the father of light and there's the father of lies. And so I think one of the core issues, what do we do coming full circle is, you know, the biblical pattern, when you look at the apostle Paul, he's a father. You know, he was weeping over the congregations, but he says, look, you have many, many, many teachers, but you don't have many fathers and mothers. And so I think we're in a, in my opinion, it's just, we're in a crisis of discipleship um, where we are going to services on a Sunday or on a Saturday. It's not enough identity formation in the, in the heart of a, of a believer to identify issues that they need healing on instruction on, um, journeying through uh, the Christianity is it's called to be a relationship, uh, older men walking with younger men, older women walking with younger women, and it's intimate, but we're, we're losing some of that. Uh, we've lost a lot of it, unfortunately, of what it means to be a biblical disciple. Um, and so I think you're putting your finger, I'm not sure what, what the, uh, what the sister's name is, but putting your finger right on a core issue that had, that I think God is putting his finger on, which he's restoring the truth back to the church. You know, the, the, uh, the reality of the one new man, it's not, it's not a new truth. It's an ancient path. It's, you know, what puts the gospel that Paul was preaching. It's the gospel in Ephesians that he says, look, he's in, he's in prison for this. 
you know, he says, look, this was this is the secret plan that was not made known before previous generations, but it's been made known now. This is Ephesians 3, 6, and this is the secret plan. Gentiles are joint heirs together with the Jews of the promises of God. So this restorative truth that God's ministering back has everything to do with family identity. Jews and Gentiles are not in competition where one has promises and one doesn't and therefore has to take. We we are joint heirs together uh, through our faith in Yeshua to all the promises of God, which is why Paul says in a later passage, all the promises are yes and amen. But I think we fundamentally don't understand God as Father, our, our life together as brothers and sisters. We don't understand his plan with grafting the nations into Israel and the commonwealth of Israel. And some of these are 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 pretty, you know, root issues in terms of understanding the gospel of the kingdom that Paul was preaching. Man, you know, Maureen, we should, uh, you should make a, just make a note and bring that into some of the prayer times that we share together so we can pray into that. Susan, one more question. Okay. Uh, Terry Duffy. Terrence. Present your question. Um, wondering when God's going to release the weather for us to play golf. No, I'm kidding. Um, a question I have is, it's not even a question. It's a statement for me to make is like in my local congregations here, they have no idea. They have no idea what John 17 is about, let alone the one new man, uh, to bring in that revelation to them. Uh, the Holy spirit really has to move on my area where I'm at. There's several small Jewish congregations that go to uh, synagogue. Uh, as far as Messianic believers, very few. And they're turning a different route, which is not good. Um, to get the church in general, church in my area, uh, I got to say 85% are not even Holy Spirit filled. They're not going to get they don't, they don't even understand replacement theology. They're not even there. They're not there with the one new man. They have no idea. They're just doing what they do every Sunday, every week to introduce this new uh, prophetic word of the Lord to them. They, they kind of get John 17, but they're not going to get one new man inscribed and grafted into the tree. They have okay. no idea because they've never read it through the Holy Spirit of the Bible. So, um, Terry, let me, uh, let me respond to that because it's, it's part of my epilogue and closing here. Um, Romans 911 Project unveils to us a strategy. Um, the Lord first touches his remnant. Uh, there is a remnant in every church that somehow is connected to the Israel peace. Uh, maybe their understanding is uh, could be more uh, limited um, if the father's heart was a 10 related to uh, full understanding in the restoration of the one you man you know people can range from a you know a one to a five but there are there is a remnant and there's a strategy here uh, just like with the reformation and the restoration of the church is to equip and mobilize the remnant so they understand how to pray and stand in the gap for the rest of the church. So um, 
we we must not keep our eyes on the obstacles here uh, we know the end game the question is how do we get there and there's a pathway to get there and the lord is beginning to show us through the romans 911 project and 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 all of its teachings to focus on the strategy to focus where the father is now to allow the remnant to be built up in knowledge and revelation so that they know how to pray more effectively for the peace of Jerusalem and as we begin to move into this the obstacle the lord is going to move us into a greater prayer focus to deal with those obstacles so that the greater church can begin to come into the message so the key is not to focus on on the obstacles but to focus on the uh the plan and strategy that are going to melt those obstacles away and um part of that with us it's as i as said before it starts with us we have to understand god's plan and strategy we need to know deep down in our kishkas it's a yiddish word for gut we need to understand deep down that there's a plan and a strategy here from the father to restore love and unity in the remnant and to empower the remnant to pray um but we also need to understand that there is no replacement for this message and and um and to to begin to study it ourselves and understand it so well that we can begin to communicate this message to others and begin to win the argument to win them over just like we would we would uh, uh it says a wise man wins souls a wise man a wise woman wins souls it's going to be the same with this message first we need to receive it and move in it and be renewed and then begin to stand in the gap for the rest of the ecclesia to come in to the message So um I think this is a great discussion tonight we could we could continue with it for for hours but I think fundamental we we need to understand that foundational to John 17 love and unity is this restoration in the one you man and that the father is looking to mend this breach what Martin focused us on um at the beginning of the conversation is absolutely vital to our understanding because if we can if we can allow the father to mend this breach then it empowers us and we take back something strategic from the enemy called division and it empowers the watchmen of the lord to begin to go after other divisions and these are some of the strategies and the plans that are unveiled to us in the Romans 911 project as we begin to go into it deeper and deeper and I also want to encourage you get with your home groups get with your churches and engage in the study guide teachings and the video guide teachings to really take you deeper and to and to allow the Lord to fill you with this knowledge and this revelation there is a real need for us beloved to go deeper we're just beginning to touch the hem of the garment when it comes to this restoration and you we can't think that we have it all understanding when it comes to to the Israel peace because we're just beginning and so we've got some 
we, we've got some great uh, teachers, uh, one new man focused leaders um, that um, are leading out the body in different parts of the country, in California and in the mid-Atlantic. Every week, the Lord leads us into deeper places and we share for like 20 minutes. The, one of the leaders will share for 20 minutes and then we'll go into prayer focuses specifically for those particular issues. And it's a very rich time. You know, um, we believe in this new wineskin that giving, all giving, should be led of the Holy Spirit. So we, we never ask directly for funds. We ask people to pray. Uh, but we do have needs to really bring this message before the threshold of the church. We have plans. We need advertising money, radio money, to really, the, 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 the idea is to really tweak this webinar to the point that um, uh, it's ready to put on Christian television and even on radio and, and, and blast it through the internet and uh, really begin to, to awaken the remnant. That's the strategy. We need the remnant first, the watchmen of the Lord. Uh, God uh, is not leaving the rest of his children behind. But beloved, let's, let's understand here that, that the windows and the, and, the, and the doors of his mercy are open now for this message to be received. But that will not always be the case. And so there's a sense of urgency now to bring this message forward. Judgment's begun but it begins with restoration in us and really understanding. And the more you get into the, the book and the study guide teachings, you are going to realize that there is a clear strategy here to bring this message forward, but it's going to take dedication on our part of the intercessors. And in the new wineskin, it's not the leaders that do the ministry, it's those in the body that are supposed to do the works of the ministry. So I'll leave you with that tonight. You know, this is not about lifting up Hallie or me. It's about lifting up this message and trumpeting it to the church. It, it is the pathway. And beloved, there's no substitute if we want the glory. If we want the fire, we have to reconnect the fire, the wire, hallelujah. Hallie, do you wanna close us out tonight? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this family. Thank you for all of us. Lord, I thank you that this is a moment in time. You knew from the, think about it, you knew from the foundations, Lord. Before the foundations, you knew who would be here tonight. Wow. Thank you, Lord. We pray, we pray a blessing a blessing over each and every one that is here with us tonight. Yes. Lord, I'm asking that you would give deeper revelation knowledge of your will because this is this is the Father's heart. Lord, so would you unpack this? Would you touch people? Would you would you show them your heart in this time for this message in Yeshua's name? Thank you Grant for that insightful discussion. To dialogue with Grant and Hallie, please send comments and questions to email at romans911.org. Again, that's email at romans911.org. 
If you resonate with the Romans 911 project, please pray about partnering with us to bring this reconnection message to the threshold of the church. Sign up for our monthly email. Join our global virtual meetings with other believers to dialogue and pray together. And most important, read the Romans 911 book, Time to Sound the Alarm, and view the Romans 911 study guide, 12 to 14 hour video teachings, which are free when you purchase the study guide. The Romans 911 books and teachings are transformational into God's end time plans to prepare the bride and reform the church. They help to create the breakthrough that will change the world. The reconnection message is like a golden key from the heart of the Father to restore love and unity in God's family that opens the door to the fulfillment of Yeshua's prayer in John 17. And it establishes the pathway for the body of Messiah, the body of Christ, to receive the greater glory. But this reconnection message in the one new man has been hidden during the church age in the mystery to reawaken Israel to faith and is only just now coming to light. That's why we need your help to fund this project, to bring the message forth, to help us blow the holy shofar, to awaken the greater church into this restoration. Now is the time. Would you pray to give Chai, to give life to the reconnection, to reach the church and the messianic body and help unite the family of God? To fund the Romans 911 project, we have created the Give Chai Life Campaign. Chai is a Hebrew word meaning life, but it also represents the number 18. And for just one Chai, $18 a month, you can make a difference. Please be prayerful about this. We can't do this without precious saints like yourself who are beginning to get this revelation to help us bring this message before the church. For more information on the Romans 911 project, please visit our website at romans911.org. It's easy to remember, romans911.org. Please also subscribe to the Romans 911 project wherever you listen to podcasts at the end.